Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven, and eight forget Amazon sellers, part of the amazing FBA stable of podcasts. Today, I'm talking to Judson from Butter.la, which is a, a very good marketing agency indeed for premium visual marketing assets, I suppose is the best way I could put it. Judson is a filmmaker turned entrepreneur. He scaled two eight, uh, Amazon brands to eight figures. It's so good, I can't even say it. And then his video agency, Butter.la, has become a leader in the Amazon content space, really at the right, really high end. And he's also got a master's in fine arts and storytelling. Massive overachiever. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thank you very much. Judson. Judson. I don't know where that came from, except that I have a podcast guest called Jason that I keep working back. So no, you know, it's Judson. weird. That happens all the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I, I, you go to Starbucks and I, I literally, they'll literally write Judson. And yeah. then the person delivering it will say Jason. Yeah. It's weird. I guess Judson's just a unique name and everyone's brain goes to, but it, it happens like daily. Yes. Well, forgive me. Now. I, you have my sympathies because my last name is unpronounceable. So people change that. So Judson, let me get that right. Let me, let me even just record that moment so that the editor can get it. Judson, welcome back to the show. So we're going to talk about how to create a visual brand, some tactical stuff. We talked about high level stuff, customer avatar, bit lacking in concreteness, but we've got to wrestle with it. Well, okay, let's assume we've done that and we're going to get a visual identity. How do we start with the, the nuts and bolts of that? People talk about brand colors, there's logo, there's various other things. Where do we start? What are the founding, founding blocks for this? Yeah, um, I, I'm not, um, this, this is, so I come from, a Hollywood storytelling background. And so I, I am a little bit more high level, but I, but I, I, we do this, we do brand books for folks and everything. So I think I just wanted to sort of frame the conversation is you can talk to somebody, an agency that there are agencies that do this and this only, and they probably have some really super detailed framework of how they look at everything, but I'm going to give you my take on it, right? I think you were saying earlier, a lot of like UK sellers are like, this is a little foo-foo, right? It's a little bit like in the clouds. <laughs> and I think, and, and I agree, I agree. What really matters is understanding the, the, the life of the person that you're trying to sell to, what actually would trigger them to, to, to purchase. Well, that's all that matters, right? Who cares what your fonts are? It, if your font leads to them feeling like your brand is X, whether that's fun or premium, or if, if you can understand why your customer purchased you, your product instead of the other competitor, oh, it was more fun. It, was, it felt authentic. It felt like if you can understand that piece, and by the way, it's not that hard. Go on your Instagram and ask. 
go into the reviews on amazon.com and read them all. If you haven't read your own reviews, your, your, the reviews of your, of your competitors, you need to do that today. And you will understand, it'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm totally talking about the product in the wrong way. So we, we have a blanket and we didn't realize that the blanket was being used for yoga. We were, it was a, to us, it was a throw blanket, but to the customer, it was being used as a yoga blanket. And so we moved the category, we moved everything and we put the positioning, the imagery, everything became yoga blanket because we understood, we didn't know it at first. And so do you understand how, wh- why your product is actually converting when it does? And then can you speak to it? So your colors, your fonts. So if, if it's, if it's yoga, that's kind of hippie, right? That's kind of like earthy. So maybe your colors are, you see how I'm coming up with the, with the answers. It's through that psychology, right? It's through that. So that's what I would do is I would go and do a little bit of that analysis and you can, and like I said, we have our social media team and you don't need 300,000 people on your social media. If you have a hundred, you ask them, do you like this better than this? And and have them vote, go, go to pick (laughs) and do two different Two different color sets. Just about to say, Pickfu. Pickfu is my absolute go-to for my clients. They say, "Do you like this logo?" And I say, um, "I really do." But what I would say is valid for me is it looks designed. In other words, it's gone through a lot of iterative processes, and somehow I don't know why, but it always comes out looking cleaner, punchier. But is this the right logo? Don't ask me because I'm not going to buy you. I'm not your target customer. I'm not a, a female 20 to 40 yeah. buying yoga mats in America. Go and pick food and ask them. Oh, by the way, this is a, sadly only for America, really. I don't think pick food does. We were looking at it just today and it does geographical breakdowns. I'm like, oh, maybe they do Germany and the UK. But no, it's all America. But just Midwest buys differently from California, I guess. And that's important to know. But on Amazon, we can't really geo target. But nevertheless, pick food is like an absolute go to. But I love this. I mean, it, to the, all the analysts people out here listening and thinking this stuff is all as you say foo-foo i like that jensen's just told you just go and read what people have written or ask them and i, I really think that this it's not as hard as people make it and to the point of what font you choose yeah is, is it does it reflect what people think is playful and then go and ask them if they think it does and they'll tell you people love being asked their opinion the internet right. kind of runs on opinions doesn't it social media is all about opinions commenting or whatever else so yeah that's brilliant. So that's an amazing insight. So what else do we need to do once we've started to, you know, interact a bit more and get a feel for the customer, ask what they want, pick food. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. So if you're analytical and you don't know how to come with the ideas, literally just ask your customers, ask your customers, show them two options, three options, four options. They will select it. They'll select your colors. They'll select your fonts. They'll select your logo. And then, and that's great. I, I've never thought about that way, but I think that's a great way to go. And then after that, so you have so you have these assets. You ha- you have brand colors. You have and and by the way, this does not need to be some super advanced thing where you analyze color science and how colors match. It, it doesn't need to be that. It's it's really about that. You know, like I said, if if it's an earthy product, if it's a fun product, are these colors fun? Are they earthy? Are they organic? Does it? Is it, does it feel futuristic or advanced, right? Depending on where your product is, right? Is it, is it cutting edge, right? Do the colors feel that way? Do they, do they, do they emit that? And you can just ask your customers and they'll tell you yes or no. Okay. So then you have that, you have colors, you have fonts, you have a logo and you want to build cohesive sets of content. So you want your, you want your brand to be cohesive. Okay. 
So that, that, that's where I would say just the next step is like, if you're doing an image set of six images, and I always say six images because the seventh image is you're right on the image set. And then you have a plus content. If those things sort of match and have the feel like the same colors and the same fonts and it sort of has a, a same visual identity is what, you know, the way you would describe it. If you're, if you have that, then the customer immediately is like, oh, it's a brand. Oh, they know what they're doing. This isn't a random product on amazon.com. It's, and, and they don't think that they never, nobody thinks that it's just, that's how they feel. We know that's true, right? Everybody knows, everybody understands that that's true. So that's what I would say is you, is you get the pieces and then you can build a visual identity. And by the way, if you're analytical, you struggle with this and you don't want to pay an agency. I totally understand that. I have no judgment on that. Put your things in uh, on a PDF. You got your logo, you've got your fonts, type out, you know, maybe, and then maybe I would come up with a, just do it with a slogan, right? So one of my brands is gifts that give back. It's got a charity angle. It, we know every product in that line is giftable, right? Gifts that give back. And it's a little bit unique, right? So come up with a slogan. Those are hard to do that, you know, but same thing, write down 20 ideas. Don't judge yourself. Just write down 20 ideas. You will know two or three of those are the only ones that are worth anything and the rest are terrible. You grab those two or three and put them on your social media and ask which people like better. Yeah, I, I like that. The, the thing about creativity is it's, it strikes me as a, one, two things, really. One is producing a lot of stuff, most of which is bad. Exactly. And then having a bit of sort of taste to know which things are worthwhile. And then everyone ends up in this terrible internal discussions. And you can just short circuit that, as you said, ask your consumers, not your board members. That, that's the worst thing in the world is business partners arguing over the exact shape of a logo. Like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, for starters, you're probably better off ordering, you know, new products from China, but also uh, because they probably aren't that important to your customers as long as it's within the parameters you just said. If it's fun and playful, it's fun and playful. Is it like, you know, is a Gera font with, you know, sans serif? Nobody's actually going to care unless you're selling to, yes. you know, designers or something. Yeah, yes. but that, I like that a lot. So having the courage to, to create some bad stuff in order to find some reasonable stuff and then let other people vote on it. So it sounds like you're sort of putting basically a PDF of a brand identity into, into one simple PDF. So yeah. we've talked about colors, fonts, logos, a slogan, which is a nice idea. Um, what else do we need to think about when we're creating sort of the, I suppose, what brand visual assets, whatever words you would use? I guess we've got to think about the product design in there as well. The packaging, how, how do those play into it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would. So, you know, I would, we have our logo on everything, you know, because it's a brand play, right? So the, I, I would, you want your, your branding to be very strong on your packaging because they may not have noticed on amazon.com that it was, they bought from your brand, right? Cause they're buying from Amazon. A lot of customers you know, are still in that place where they don't really differentiate that there's like, oh, there's all these brands on here. They're just, they're buying something from Amazon. They buy the best price and then they get it. And they're like, oh, this is actually, this is very cool. This is a cool brand. And then they get, a, they get an insert card and it leads to your email list or your website or whatever, you know, is against TOS, but we do it anyway, right? That yeah. piece, that piece of the puzzle, right? That's how we have 30,000 email uh, subscribers is not from Facebook ads. It's not from, you know. It's from posting constant content on Instagram and insert cards. That strategy totally works. So I would take the branding all the way through. So you tell your brand story through the packaging and you want that wow moment. You want it to feel like they open the Amazon box and then they see your thing and they're like, immediately, that's cool. 
It's not in a poly bag. So there are a bunch of our products that we spend as much on the packaging as on the product itself. And this isn't right for everybody, but, and, and there's some products that we've actually ended up because the margin was tight. The competitors came in, it became a struggle. We actually took the, the packaging way back in terms of cost. So you have to sort of analyze that as you go. But if you want to build a brand for the long term, you want the, so by the way, a little, another secret, all the aggregators, they're going to come in and buy, they buy your product. So I met with one, then a month later, met with them again, and they all had bought our products. They bought all of them and they got the package. They're like, man, I loved the X, Y, and Z. And like, I couldn't, oh, that was so cool that you had the insert card, but like, right. We, we wowed them because we really cared about the process and you know what I mean? So it pays off. I, this is increasingly my experience with business to consumer marketing is this that I do a podcast, for example, with somebody, and I think I'm talking to an audience out there and keeping them happy about image marketing. But six months later, somebody come past to me and back to me and say, I really liked your approach. And um, can we do a deal with you as a brand ambassador or something? I've had a couple of conversations like that recently. So actually, really amazing business to business, business to consumer marketing is actually if you pack if you look at it from the hundred thousand foot view is part of your business to con- business to business packaging in other words mm. your aggregators will buy the beauty and wow that the consumer buys because that means you've got a great business and they actually want a great business and that's what they want to buy so it's it comes back it's a sort of flip side of the same coin that you mentioned earlier you know getting your, your conversion rate up makes your brand more sellable because it's more branded and and you know you get a bigger multiple which is worth a lot of money on an eight-figure brand so I love this bigger picture thinking. I like the fact that you're going through the sale of your own brands is making, giving you that perspective. I can yes. really hear that come through. So, okay, we talked about lots of assets. What are the other things that are left? I guess there's things like um, the models that you put into the photos. I guess they're kind of part of the branding choice on there. And the sort of photos that you set up. Now, you were saying you don't use stock photos. Obviously, that means it's more expensive. So it's really got to, got to count. So how do you choose physical settings and models and that sort of thing? Yeah, we've we've started to experiment with using some stock imagery on the and the A plus content where it's like, is it worth the money to go and get a dishwasher and actually shoot the product in the dishwasher, or can we, can that be one element of the A plus content that is photoshopped or whatever, and it works, and because it's in this whole mix of like obviously real content that was shot, so. I think there's ways of doing that where it's like, hey, we want it to be on a mountaintop. The 5,000 bucks it would cost to get a crew up there is not worth it. Let's do this. And we have an incredible retouching team and make it look real. So, but generally speaking, yes, it's all custom content. I think, wait, what was your question? I so really, I was just, yeah, I, it wasn't the super clearest question in the world. I'm basically trying to figure out for these sort of brand assets that we want, this sort of creating a cohesive oh, oh, yes. brand. How does, uh, as part of creating that cohesive yeah. look and feel, how do the photography how does the photography fit in? And specifically, yeah. I suppose I'm thinking not just on white, but in some kind of physical context. Yes. And then I suppose I'm also, so lifestyle photography or editorial, if you want to call yes. it that. And, and then maybe models are involved. So I guess I'm yes. asking, what are the choices we make to create that cohesion? Right. Yeah, I think, so one of the big decisions is, do we do lifestyle imagery or not? Right. That's one of the main things, right? Are you going to do all like product photography with stock imagery, right? Because that's much cheaper. So they just shoot the, the photographer just shoots the product in multiple angles in a studio. And then you cut it out and put it in whatever you want on your imagery with infographics and stock imagery. That's what a lot of people do, right? If you're going to do that, make sure you have, so we, we've had some products come back where it's like, you know, a clearly like done up 
probably Eastern European model. And she's like suit, like big jewelry and all this stuff. And I, and it's like, no, no, we're based in Los Angeles and there's a whole aesthetic and feel here. And if we're going to use a stock image of a woman, it's got to look right for this. So that, that is complete selecting the models is massively important. Is this, you know, the, the age, the demo, the, Right. So like if it's a product for a mother, this this woman needs to look like a mother. And is it is is diversity important? Of course it is. Is all the all of these things. So like, you know, multiple models. We've gone so far as to the the to, to hire like Miss America 2016 and Miss Korea 2016 and put them together into a big branding play, right? Like that there are a lot of choices to be made and they can get expensive. So it's it's I think your your one of the major differentiating points in content for Amazon is having lifestyle. So as opposed to just cutouts and infographics and stock imagery, that's where you sort of, it divides, right? Am I actually going to shoot real lifestyle content for my products, right? So that's a decision. And that's where the prices come in, right? So then it's like, okay, am I going to shoot? And then the next decision will be, am I going to sh- rent a beach house in Venice Venice, California, or yeah, I guess Venice, Italy, right? You could get not not a beach house, you could get an ocean side. Yeah. Right? Am I going to rent that, which is the location fee, whatever, but I'm going to get super premium. So we did a, a sheet company, the sheets and whatever, and they were all about it looking like it was California. They wanted the brand identity, California. So everything we did, we did beaches, we did models from California, that whole thing really matters. And so that's a decision you make. And, you know, they had the budget to spend it. They're a huge, huge Amazon. One of the, you know, th- those are massive, massive. I don't know if you've noticed how many sheets sell on Amazon. Yeah, it's a big, big old market. <laughs> but it's yeah. interesting, isn't it, that they went to the trouble, some people selling sheets. And I think we have to honor just how um, the, the more you go up the food chain and the more expensive a product is, the more the brand is going to be worth on the stock market. Eventually, they're going to be, you know, publicly listed if they're big enough. The less it's about the, the stuff. I mean, Nike shoes, I, I've, own, I've only owned one pair and I've got some Asics now, which I chose for running in. And they're probably well enough made. They're probably not fantastically different to choose a third of the price. I mean, the, the amount of what you're buying really is so much a part of the the sort of the mystique you're kind of buying mystique aren't you buying yes. the just do it thing i mean that nike yes. swoosh is worth billions for a great reason and i guess that the fact that a, a sheet company a sheet's just a i don't make clothes or sell them i don't want to because it sounds complicated all the returns but that seems to be like the simplest piece of clothing you could possibly make it's a bit of material with a bit of trimming around the edge in my primitive view of it and yet these guys are hiring models they're hiring it in they've got to be in california that goes to show just how serious this stuff is. I mean, like yeah. hiring beach models in California just to show your sheets are great. That blows my mind. I mean, I don't totally. want to go from there. Yeah, it, it, you're so right. And you're, you're really smart to point that out because that is a, it's a, it's a product that's easily, it's like, yeah, it's just sheets. There's no, there's no branding to this. But what has happened is competitors have come in with cheaper prices and they're like, you know, 400 thread count Egyptian cotton. And he's like, no, no, ours is different. And, and, you know, and it's not just, and, but there's no way to tell that yeah. without, <laughs> you know, the, the way he's chosen to combat that is through branding. Yeah. And right? the other it's, thing it's, is, well, d- sorry, I was going to say yeah, the other thing no. is that it's really hard to 
put across the feeling of using a physical product without using the physical product. And the problem is it's so all true. about imagery. So we have to communicate in a very different medium the kind of feel that you're hoping to communicate ultimately through the product, right? It's very meta, really. It kind of it's more like telegraphy. It's like, I want you to feel this amazing experience yes. of slipping into our wonderful sheets, but you're thousands of miles away on the other side of the internet. So here's the best I can do. Gorgeous yeah. models, that California feel, I don't know, space, light, sunshine. Yes. Those are the associations I would have with it. So yep. it's a mysterious so thing. It, it's, yeah. It is mysterious to me that this stuff works. It's kind of magic because it definitely does. And it shows up in the, the economics so quickly with the conversion rate, as you said. And, and But this stuff, all I can say is that if you are one of those skeptical people that doesn't believe it's worth spending money on, then my experience is every single time I go through this kind of process at a lot less sophisticated level than you guys would do. But with any client ever, whether that's small or, or large, it, it always pays off. I mean, this is yeah. the amazing thing to me. This stuff somehow communicates to our consumers, even though they don't know that. And yeah. even though it seems so abstract, why could we spend good hard cash on it? I guess the trouble with e-commerce is that everyone's got, got the, into the idea of exchanging cash for hard goods, you know, their stock, yes. right? And we've got to get That's ourselves right. out of that and go, a video is an asset, even though you can't take it home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah and, and, by, and by the way, the, the just to speak to that, the video as an asset, it's an asset that lives, that you can put all over the place. So we have videos, 16 by nine, and then you reformat them for Instagram stories. We use them for Instagram stories. We use them, obviously we put them on Amazon and they live there forever. And then we use them for Instagram, I mean, Amazon sponsored videos. So that's two slots, actually three. Well, well, let's say it's one video. We've got two slots on Amazon, on your listing and as a sponsored video ad, massive. That, that in and of itself is worth it for sure. And then three, we put it on YouTube, lives there forever. We, we have some videos at thousands of views and that's just a very average hashtag, you know, adding hashtags. It's searchable, like what product is it? And if you do like unboxing videos or how-to videos, if your product has anything that's difficult to, you know, figure out, you got to do that kind of in informational video. Those things are watched. People watch those for sure on Amazon and on YouTube. And then you put it on your Instagram, you put it on both in a reel that lives there or in like as a post, then you put it on Pinterest, you put it on uh, TikTok, you put it everywhere. You put it everywhere that you can put it and it lives there forever. And we have so much traffic from Pinterest. We have every single piece of content we've ever created is posted on Pinterest and, and leads, to, leads to our website or leads to Amazon. And you know... It, this Amazon is, loves yeah, this, the external content. So this is more or less what the, the stuff we were talking about off air before the show, and just yeah. saying that that repurposing thing, uh, reusing, repurposing is is really really big because in the end, if you've got something beautiful, then it's going to be engaging, and then you can use it uh, at different parts of your funnel if you want to think in terms of a traditional marketing funnel. So top of funnel, Instagram, wow, what is that? Click, and it gets the, it stops the scroll and gets the click, and then on the page where they've already clicked from the main image through to you know, your, your, your actual listing, your product detail page. If you're on the Shopify thinking same thing, it helps the conversion. So it helps with both ends, doesn't it? And actually if it's, if it's kind of editorial type or putting across a look and a feel and less feature driven, then for me, it feels more versatile. I don't know what you're thinking about this. I'm like, I don't really want to have my first contact with the brand is like, this is 2.5 inches wide and, and made of neoprene. Like I'm in, so what? <laughs> yeah. So, so 
this is this is a, a yet another reason why these assets are so valuable well look I, I better let you get back to becoming a multi-millionaire selling your your eight-figure brands there and um, that sounds like quite a lot of work but in, incredible journey you're on there so uh, if people want to work with you just tell us quickly what is it you do for amazon sellers or indeed if you work with e-commerce yeah. sellers generally and how do people get in touch with you if you're if you're looking to really build an amazon brand and do like a you know really build a real brand for the long term and that might mean three years for you and then an aggregator buys it or a private equity right so i don't mean long term you're going to if you're if you're looking to do that, you can email me Judson at butter.la or you go to butter.la. Pricing is where our pricing sheet is, or just butter.la. You can look around there. E-commerce, the e-commerce page. There's a video of me talking about this kind of stuff and saying these are the reasons why this matters. These are the reasons why the content matters. All the kind of stuff that we talked about today. We do photo and video content for Amazon brands. I mean everything from we flew to I think it was Michigan, somewhere in the Midwest. We interviewed the owner of the brand. And said, you know, she wanted to tell her brand story. It's, a, it's an authentic brand that she's creating for a reason. And it's just like, when that's true, you got to tell the story. And the best way to tell that story is through video, right? It's like, there, there's, a, there's a reason we all want to watch Netflix at night. We all want to engage with human beings and stories. And video is just an incredible platform. I mean, that's the reason Facebook is a video platform now. You know, it it's, is. It's, it really right? is. Everything, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And the the reason this podcast is being recorded as a video, <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, right. It's, it's, it's a hugely massive thing. So we do all of that stuff for you. We can help you create a visual identity, branding, all that stuff, but we're really there to help Amazon brands actually drive ROI conversion rates. Like we don't want to work with anybody who we can't actually help. We can't actually say, okay, we're, we're so stoked that we spent that 2,500 bucks because it equaled three months we paid it off in one month and then now it's just return on investment forever so yeah. that's how we like to set it up and by the way to anyone who's hesitating whether it's with judson and his obviously incredibly expert agency or whether it's somebody else or you know your own work if you're yeah. hesitating about spending two thousand five hundred dollars on an asset which you pay for once and will you know pay for itself quickly and then be you know a massive you know kind of for free forever or not forever but maybe two years three years whatever its lifetime is I'd, I'd urge you to look at your PPC reports for your bestsellers and see how much money you give them to Amazon and reflect on this, folks, that every single sale you make via PPC, that money's been spent. You made a sale and now you start from scratch. And if you want to make more sales, you have to spend more money every single time without exception. Now, yep. that is not fun. And against which you could pay for something once and then it can work for you forever. And I, I really, you know, I'm not trying to sell you on Judson if it's not the right thing for you. But the basic concept, like... I'm so sold on this and I kind of keep trying to hit people over the head with it because everyone's default lever they pull when they're in trouble is, oh, let's pay for more traffic. I know, I'll do some yeah. Amazon ads. I'm like, dude, please optimize for conversion. So if you're listening to this and you are a serious seller and you're in any way wanting to build a, a really serious sellable brand, please at least consider uh, talking to Judson or somebody of that caliber because I cannot say enough how the, the, the economic logic, if you're most hardcore analytical person in the world just is relentless so there you go so i've done a sort of sub pitch for you because i'm really passionate about this like i don't want to see my clients wasting their money amazon doesn't need your money jeff's jeff's got enough thanks so on that note is there anything i've haven't asked you that i should have asked you judson final question no i mean i i just want to follow up there that that when when the conversion rate goes up acos roas goes down right True. that that's the obvious math so 
you you're you're throwing money that's more expensive money for every every product that doesn't have a, the highest conversion rate that it can. Yeah, and 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 just just same. We're here to help. If if you know we're 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 here in the trenches and we're here to help. If you if anybody needs any any help, we'd love to have a strategy session with you. So thank, thanks for the time. It's great, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a, a total pleasure. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.